Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled, God Likes. It's taken from Hebrews chapter 11, the first two verses, the last two verses of that chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the great verse about faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Wouldn't you like to have a good reputation? And then that chapter ends with, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Now, there's a difference between God's love and God's like. God always loves you, no matter what. But don't you think that God really likes it when you and I live a life that earns a reputation of being Christ-like and being like Him? And so that's what we're striving for. And that's what this chapter presents to us. It gives us little snippets of people throughout history that have earned this reputation. And we're going to look at them in the weeks ahead. Today, we're going to look at Abel. He worshiped God. He brought an acceptable offering. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. And so Abel still speaks to us because of what he did. He worshiped God. He brought an offering that was his act of worship. Life of faith always involves worship. Now, worship is much more than just coming into a church service and raising your hands and giving attention to God. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is something as Christians that we do every day. We live to worship. We pursue God. We pursue His glory. Worship becomes everything that we are, and everything we do becomes worship. And so Abel worshiped God by bringing an acceptable offering. Because what we bring to God determines our trust of God. It determines how much we worship God. And so he gives us this story, this little snippet about Abel. So let's look at the story. It's found in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. When it came time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. And Abel also brought a gift to the Lord, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you just do what's right. You bring the acceptable offering. But if you refuse to do what's right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, and it's eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. But one day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and he killed him. 
And afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. His blood still speaks. And so what we want to look at is what's the difference between Cain and Abel? What can that say to us about worship and how you and I need to bring an offering that is a worship to Lord that gets his approval and he likes it because we're out there to please God. So we begin with, first of all, the object of worship. In other words, when I worship, what's the object? What is it that I give my attention to? And you and I come to that place where we understand the object, the offering, is brought who? To the Lord. Our object of worship is God. Worship gives God the priority. Worship places God above everything else so that my life as a life of worship bringing offerings to God that dictate and say, God, you are the highest priority of my life. Now, that goes against human nature because our selfish nature says, I want to take care of me. I want to watch out for me. If I give you everything, then what have I got left? And so we all have to understand the object is very clear all throughout Scripture. The object of worship, the one priority is God. Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, children of Israel, you must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You matter to me. I don't want to share you with anyone else. I want all of you and have all of you. And he tells them over and over again, this is what he wants. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 10, he says, you're going to soon cross the Jordan River, and you're going to live in the land the Lord your God's giving you. And when he gives you the rest from all your enemies, and you're living safely in the land, you must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithe, your sacred offerings, your offerings to fulfill a vow to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name is to be honored. God says, this is what I expect. You want to worship me? You've got to bring this to me. And you bring it to where I dictate, not where you get to choose of your own. You have to worship the Lord your God wholeheartedly with everything that you have. He is the one that you adore. He's the one that you live for. Luke chapter 4, verse 8, Jesus replied, Scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Anything that we allow to take precedent over God, we worship. It becomes an idol. It takes God's place. And God says, I don't want to share you. I want you to worship me. I want to be the one that you look to. I want to be the one that you give your life to. I want to be the one that you live for. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Whatever we give to God is meant to be an act of worship. It's a step of faith. God, I believe that you are worthy of my life and my worship, and I bring to you the offering that you ask of me, and that I do in faith because I believe you're going to be faithful. So the object of worship is God. Secondly, the offering of worship. The offering of worship. Now, when we read the text, I hope you noticed there, both Cain and Abel brought a gift. 
Cain, it says, brought some of his crops. Abel brought the best portion of the firstborn lambs of the flock. (laughs) Abel brought everything that God wanted, demanded. He gave it all. If you put it in monetary terms, Cain gave a couple of bucks and Abel gave the tithe and much more. And it's not about that one brought crops and one brought animals. That's not the issue here. The issue here is that Abel offered an acceptable offering. He brought the best. He brought the first part of it. Cain, it's kind of a second thought. It's kind of something as a duty. Well, I got to go. I'll give God a little something. And what came to attention here is Cain's heart is revealed by his offering. You see, we don't get to tell God what we'll bring because what you give to God always reflects what's in your heart. That's why giving is so important. And God says, look, I want to be first. I want the first part of your life. I don't want you to give me the second part. I don't want you to give me an afterthought. I don't just want you to give me a little. I don't want you to give me the leftovers. I'm the one you're worshiping. You bring the offering and you give it to me. And the offering is what I'm asking of you. There's a story in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, that really illustrates this for us. Jesus is sitting down there to the collection box in the temple and he's watching the crowds walk by as they're putting in their money and a lot of rich people came and they gave, gave a large amount and the poor, a poor widow comes by, someone who has nothing. And she drops in two small coins, a couple cents, not much. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, guys, come over here, listen to me. I'm gonna tell you the truth here. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. Now, they got to be scratching their heads. She gave more, hold it. No, 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 there were some large donations here, Lord. She only gave a little bit. I could hear it drop in the box. There wasn't much. They gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. You see, it's never about an amount. It's always about a heart. It's always about a life. And Jesus saw the heart by the offering that was brought. And when Cain brought his offering, Jesus saw his heart. Cain, you know that's not what's expected. Cain, you know that's not what I want. Cain, you know what you're supposed to do. You do what's right, Cain, and it'll be okay. And thus we come to the obstacles of worship. What gets in our way? What keeps us from doing what God wants us to do? You see, Cain, what happens when God confronts him? Cain gets angry. Cain gets ticked off. I mean, he knows that he hasn't done it, but does he say, yeah, my bad? No, he just gets mad at Abel. He gets mad at God. And because, you know, God calls him aside and said, Cain, come here. What's wrong? Why are you angry? Why are you dejected? Cain, now here, listen to me, Cain. You know what to bring. You know what I'm asking. And if you'll do it, we're good. If you'll just do what's right, do what you're supposed to, we're good. And he offers this classic line. He says, Cain, 
Sin is crouching at your door. It's eager to control you. Boy, isn't that the truth for all of us? Sin's always there, isn't it? Lurking behind, always taking us in a wrong direction, always prodding us with a wrong heart or a wrong attitude. It's there. It's crouching. It wants to leap. It's going to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Cain, you need to say no to it. No matter what you're tempted with, the Bible tells us you can always win over it. But you have to tell it no. You have to make the decision. It's crouching at the door. It wants to control you. If you don't deal with this, Cain, you're not going to like the results of this, Cain. But did Cain listen? No. Because there were some things that got in Cain's way. We know it's a heart issue. We know that's simply what it is. But you have to be aware of some things, and you have to be aware of resentment. Cain was angry. I don't like it that you don't let me give what I want to give and do what I want to do in a manner I want to do it wherever I want to do it. I I think I should have the right to do whatever. And, you know, just because, Abel, he's always been your favorite. You know, I, I don't like him. And God, you know, this just isn't fair. It isn't right. And so Cain begins to blame others. Cain begins to get an attitude. Cain begins to be resentful. Well, you know, what have you ever done for me? You know how it goes. We all battle it. And secondly, you have to beware of rebellion. Cain hated Abel. Now, here's the thing. Cain had, uh, Abel had done nothing to Cain. Abel simply did what God wanted him to do because Abel had a heart for God. Cain did what he wanted to do because he didn't have that same heart and he knew he was wrong, but does he take it out on God? No. He takes it out on someone else. Isn't that just like us? We get resentful of what's going on and what somebody's doing, and we blame them for it. Cain hated Abel, and he just got upset. He didn't like it. If this isn't right, what makes him better than me? I gave you something. Why don't you accept mine? It's just the same thing. What does it matter? Again, it's about a heart. There's a great story in Matthew, Mark chapter 14. I want you to notice the intent of it and what it's about. Jesus is in Bethany. He's at the home of Simon. He's a man who Jesus had previously healed who had leprosy. So Simon's really a grateful guy. And while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of essence of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. And some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such an expensive perfume, they asked. Why let her do that? It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her harshly. (laughs) You can always tell the people who have a hard time with the heart of giving because they're always critical of how someone else gives. Always critical of what's done with finances. Always critical with what's allotted to time and to energy because they're always looking at, well, this it sounds very spiritual, doesn't it? It sounds really righteous, doesn't it? But it's not. Jesus replied, leave her alone. 
why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. You can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could do, and she has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed, such as we're doing here today. Now notice this next verse. Then Judas Iscariot. Yeah, that Judas. One of the twelve disciples went to the leading priest who arranged to betray Jesus to them. Ticked him off. He didn't like it. He didn't agree with it. He thought something else should have been done with it. There is not much difference between Cain and Judas. Both had a heart problem. Both were resentful. Both were bitter and angry. Both ended up taking it out on somebody else and they rebelled and did what they thought they needed to do and wanted to do and thought they were right. You see, if you and I are always complaining and angry over what God wants you to give to Him, we're no different than Cain and Judas, are we? If you're critical of the way others give and what they give, it's Cain. If you don't like the way certain things are spent, it's Cain. And so it becomes a huge obstacle. You can get your eyes on everybody else. You can think you see clearly. You think you have the right way of looking at things and the right motives and the right heart. And all it does is hurt you. And remember, God said to Cain, sin's crouching at the door. He wants to have you, Cain. Stop. Don't let it get a hold of you. You master it. You take care of it. But he didn't. And then there's the obedience of worship. God told Cain, Cain, if you do what's right, we're good. Cain, if you'll do what I've asked, everything's going to be all right. See, here's the question. What offering does God want from you? He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He just knows that if he doesn't have your money, he doesn't have your heart. It's a principle of Scripture. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moss eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. You'll love one, you'll hate the other. You'll hate one, you'll love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't do it. You see, if we love God, we obey Him. We give Him what He wants. Well, pastor, I don't know what God wants me to give. Here's where you start. He wants you to give you. He wants you to make Him the object of the worship of your life so that every day and every moment you are living in a way that honors God, brings glory to Him, declares who you serve, 
You live in a way that earns the reputation because of your faith and being obedient to God. And he wants you just simply to give you. Because if you give you, you'll bring the right offerings. You'll give God what he wants. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, Dear brothers and sisters, uh, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a holy, a living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. The kind he will find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him. You give yourself to God and you live as a living, holy sacrifice by faith. And he finds that acceptable. You see, God says, look, I've given you all kinds of gifts. Will you give them back to me by using them? I've given you all types of opportunity. Will you take advantage of them? I've given you my peace. Will you accept it and use it in a way that honors me? It, God simply says, will you bring me the offering of your life? And will you just bring it to me? And don't give me, well, God, I'll give you a little time when I get it. No, God says, no, I'm first. Well, God, I'll give you someone who's left over. No, 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 I'm first. Why? Because I want you to trust me for everything else. Give me the first day of the week. I'll take care of the rest. I'll help you. I'll give you what you need. Because if he has you, you will worship and you will bring the offering that he wants. And so our lives are to be lived as a sacrifice, living, holy, that God finds acceptable. It's about a heart. It's about me giving God what he wants. And what does he want more than anything else? He wants me to love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my being. And there's things that God wants from you. You don't get to take a shortcut. You don't get to try and do it your way or what you like or how you think it should operate. You don't need to throw a fit about it. Cain understood what he was supposed to bring. It wasn't like he didn't know, but he refused. God says, Cain, I care for you. You give me what you know I want, and we're good, and I'll take care of you. But Cain refused that. And as a result, he murdered his brother. Because you see, when you take matters in your own hands and decide you're in control, your life reaps the consequences of that. But when you live a life that honors God and you live in a way that says, God, I want you to like the way I'm living and honoring you and worshiping you. And God, I'll give to you whatever you want. So here's the question this morning. Will you worship God by giving him you? Will you just bring everything you've got to Him? 
and offer it to him as a sacrifice, an offering. God likes that. God wants that. God demands that. Abel, pleased God, earned a good reputation, did what God liked because he brought an acceptable offering and God rewarded him for it. Will you bring that kind of offering to God? All of you, whatever God wants, whenever he wants it, whatever that means. Maybe today you have to begin with giving God your life. You're not a Christian, but you know that's what God wants from you, isn't it? God wants you to accept him as your savior. God wants you to give your life to him. He wants you to bring it to him and say, God, here it is. It's all messed up. It's a wreck. But God, you've died on a cross so that I could be forgiven. And I want to live my life to please you and not me. Will you accept that? And God says, that's a great offering. You did good. You did right. Maybe today you're a Christian. And you know there's some things God's been asking of you. Something to do. Something to say. Something to give. Will you do what God wants and give him what he wants? Because you love him. And you want to worship him. And you want to give him all of you today. Let's pray. Lord, today, for those that are at this point, bringing the offering of themselves to you. They've been living life on their own, doing their own thing, going their own way, and they recognize it's not what you want. It's not pleasing you. And so they come to you and offer themselves. They ask for forgiveness. They ask for your acceptance. And God, the Bible says that anyone who comes like that, you'll never turn away. So would you allow them today at this moment to understand and to know you've accepted them and may they sense your presence in their life in a very real way. For others, Lord, who have accepted you and as they live, they know what you want and what you're asking. Would you help us to understand that skin crouches at the door? It, it wants to have its way. It wants us to get off track. And we have to take charge of it. And you give us the ability to do that by simply saying yes to you. So Lord, today we bring to you our offering, our best, ourselves, as an act of worship to you because that's how we want to live. Thank you for all that you've given to us. And thank you for the privilege that we have of giving to you ourselves an offering of worship because Lord we want to do the things that you like we want that reputation that comes from living by faith believing that you will provide for us and take care of us and use us thank you in thy name we pray amen God bless you have a great week thank you for joining us for today's service if you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700.
If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.